This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Our mission is to spread awareness of the message and divine beauty of the Quran across the world. Support our mission at www.bayina.org. That's B-A-Y-Y-I-N-A-H dot O-R-G. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen Wa ala alihi wa sahbih Wa min istanna bi sunnatihi ila yawm al-deen Allahumma ja'alna minhum wa minal lathina amalu Wa amilu salihat wa tawasaw bil haq Wa tawasaw bil sabr Amin ya Rabbil Alameen Thumma amma ba'd Fa'a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim Walau annahum amanu wa attaqaw Lamathubatum min indillahi khayr Law kanu ya'lamun Rabbi shrahli sadri Wa yassirli amri Wahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli Amin ya Rabbil Alameen Thumma amma ba'd Once again everybody Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh This is actually a, uh, a series of lectures on Surah Al-Baqarah I started them in Ramadan And uh, because Surah Al-Baqarah will probably take me the rest of the year Until next Ramadan to finish I've decided not to take a break So even when I'm traveling I continue to the durus wherever I am So I didn't announce it until late yesterday, but this, this is here now and next week inshallah ta'ala in England and whenever I come back, we continue with the durus and because the recordings need to get done and I don't want to wait uh, and I don't know how long life is left. That's in the hands of Allah Azza wa Jal. So I want to be as productive as I can be. Those of you that, that, that would like to follow the series along, you can go to bayina.org and all the lectures are available for free there. They're, they're just, you can view the videos from the beginning of Baqarah to here. We're starting today from ayah number 103. Just a little bit of context for all of you. The previous ayah was about how the Jewish people, the Israelites, used to abandon their own Torah, and they got involved in the practice of magic and spell casting and doing what they call in Urdu, doing taviz on people and doing nazar on people and doing this, this stuff, you know, and putting ayin on them in Arabic, you know. And athar, عليه athar, يعني سحر. He's got sihr on him. He's magic on him, and this kind of stuff, or you know, calling jinns on people, and this kind of thing, right? And they got into this superstitious nonsense that took away. People got so obsessed with that stuff, and then Allah, you know, the rest of the Muslims of the time, which were the Jews of that time, they were the Muslims of that time. They got so scared about, oh my God, this person has a jinn on them. Or this person, somebody's done some magic, that's why they're failing all their exams. Or this one, they're having this trouble because it must be somebody's put you know, some, some kind of uh, uh, spell on them or something. And they're constantly, just like when you get sick, you go to the pharmacy and you need a prescription. They constantly kept going back to people to get, what can I recite because I want to undo this magic? Or what can I decide and I can undo this, this nadharan? You know, and everybody's got like things tied to their arm or their neck or around their ear or an eye patch. I don't know, like well, they just get into this stuff. And then eventually what happens is the Islam itself is gone. It's just these silly prescriptions. That's all Islam is left. Allah did not give us this book to write its ayat up and fold them up and wrap them around your arm like a nicotine patch. That's not why this religion came. Allah didn't send you the ayatul kursi so it can hang in your rear view mirror so you don't get into a car accident. You want to avoid a car accident? Drive carefully. Like that's, you know. But you're not, you're not going to save your, it's not going to save your life that you have a copy of the mushaf in your dashboard. It's not going to, that's not dual side airbags, that's a piece of paper. You know. And to, for you to think that these things, you know, they're going to somehow protect you, what protects the believer is what they have in their heart. When they have the word of Allah in their heart, it protects them. Then people come and say, you know, what can you tell, what can I recite that will undo the nazar or the magic or this or that or the other? Let me tell you, the Qur'an, Allah keeps saying, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ So you can understand. 
When you recite the Qur'an without understanding, that's actually not recommended. Even if you don't know Arabic, study the meanings of the surah, study the tafsir of the surah, study some dars, listen to some dars of the surah, then recite that surah, and then it will protect you. Then it will protect you. If you're just reciting, for the sake of reciting, with no comprehension, you're doing something that was never done. Which sahabi recited the Qur'an and they didn't know what it means? You tell me. So we're actually saying, oh, we should just recite this or recite that. And we have this like, think of it like a, a superficial relationship with the Book of Allah. You want to you wanna gain the protection from the Book of Allah? You have to have a genuine relationship with the Book of Allah. A meaningful relationship with the Book of Allah. So this was in a nutshell what the ayah previously was about. In this ayah, Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ آمَنُوا وَاتَّقَوْا Had those people only believed, and had they only had taqwa, meaning had they only protected themselves, Two phrases are used thus far. On the one hand, amanu, and then the sec- on the second hand, wattaqaw. Let's talk about the word law first. The word law is used, they say in Arabic, kalimat al-hasra. It's used when you regret something. So Allah is saying, there's such a regret that these people had the book of Allah, Torah. Like we have Quran, they had Torah. And they left the book of Allah, and they got into this nonsense, which is actually disbelief, kufr, denial. And that's why Allah says, وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ آمَنُوا In the previous ayah, getting involved in magic and getting affected or getting impressed with magic and thinking that some words will protect you and you don't have to turn back to Allah first and foremost. When, when you start thinking this way, then that becomes a kind of kufr. So he says, if they, only, if they had only believed. And then he says, وَالتَّقَوْ Which is very powerful. He said, if they had only had taqwa. Taqwa in Arabic means to protect yourself. It comes from the word wiqaya, which means protection. Ittiqa or taqwa means to protect yourself. The question is, protect yourself from what? Why do people do magic? Quran describes people did magic so they can make a husband and wife hate each other because the guy likes to marry this woman, but she's already married. So he says, I'm going to do this thing and they're going to cause a fight between them and she'll get separated, then I can marry her and this kind of thing. Right? It's used to drive people crazy or give, do, the, do some harm to them or bring good their way. Every time people get involved in these things, their intention is to bring themselves some kind of worldly benefit. And not just some kind of worldly benefit, usually some kind of thing. You want it for yourself even though you don't deserve it and it's not right for you. You want to take somebody else's right and get it for yourself. The, the word with what taqaw here is telling us something very powerful. Had you only stayed within your means... Protect yourself from becoming too, too greedy, wanting things that are not for you. you. Stay within your means and stay within what is permissible, that's taqwa. You don't cross the line with Allah and get in trouble with Allah. You don't do israf. As, as a matter of fact, later on in the Qur'an, in this same surah, Allah will describe this concept. زُيِّنَ لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا وَيَسْخَرُونَ مِنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا On the contrast, وَالَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْا فَوْقَهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَاللَّهُ يَرْزُقُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابٍ he says on the, on the disbeliever's end, worldly life is beautified. Whatever they, they find beautiful, they want it, they'll go get it or try to get it. They have no breaks. But people of taqwa, on the other hand, see, he, he contrasted disbelievers with the people of taqwa. But he didn't just contrast any disbelievers. Disbelievers who are obsessed with worldly things. The opposite of them are the people of taqwa. In this ayah Allah says, if you only had taqwa, you would not even have been interested in this stuff. Neither this magic or, or you know, this kind of sihir or going and calling jinn and all this kind of nonsense, nor the prescription business. You know, because then people come and say, well, what dua can I make because I'm applying for med school? 
And what dua can I make because I'm not getting married? And what dua can I make that gets my husband to always listen to what I ever have to say? And the brother doesn't say, what dua can I make? He just says, make dua for me. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm done. You know, I'm just, I'm just done. So we're just looking for special words. You know, any word you say that is with sincerity to Allah, it counts before Allah. And we, we, we keep looking for some special kind of, uh, you know, potion. You know, pull, pull me this ayah and recite it this many times and then do a 360 and then touch the ceiling. And then that's it. Your, your allergies are clean, done. No more, no more sneezing for you. You, know, like, you just make up stuff about the deed. This is kufr. This is not why Quran came. This is not why sunnah came. You know, there are adhkar, there are things that benefit us. There are. There are things that protect us. We, we recite the ikhlas, we can recite the mu'awidhatayn, the qul a'udhu bi rabbil falak, qul a'udhu bi rabbil nas, you spit in your hands three times and you go to sleep. Allah protects you when you recite the words of Allah. Even we say, I said in the last lecture, qul a'udhu bi kalimatillahi tamma. I seek refuge in the words of Allah, the complete words of Allah. But we don't say that first, we say a'udhu billah first. Then we say a'udhu bi kalimatillah tamma. Meaning the words of Allah will only protect us if first and foremost, it is only because of Allah that we turn to the words of Allah. Without the connection with Allah, the words of Allah are, are no benefit to someone. كَمَثَلِ الْحِمَارِ يَحْمِلُ Then they're just like a donkey carrying books on their back. May Allah not make us of them. He says, لَمَثُوبَةٌ مِّنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ خَيْرٌ Had they only become people of taqwa, then the incredible return on investment, I, I translate that purposely for, for the word mathuba. So a lot of translations use the word reward because it's related to the word thawab. Uh, and thawab is commonly known even among Urdu speakers here. Bara thawab is kamka, right? Thaba yathubu bi ma'na raja'a. It actually comes in the meaning of coming, bringing something back. So when you do something and it brings you some benefit back, like when you do work and the paycheck comes back to you, right? Or you make an investment and the return on investment comes back to you. Allah says if you had only had iman and taqwa, that investment would have brought back a lot more good for you. The word thawab actually also, or mathab, uh, not, just, uh, not only does it mean something that comes back to you, it actually also means something that keeps on coming back to you. Which is why from the same letters you get the word thawb. And thawb is the clothing you wear over and over again. And the plural of it is thiyab, like in uh, Surah An-Nur. حِينَ تَضَعُونَ ثِيَابَكُمْ مِنَ الظَّهِيرَةِ When you take your regular clothes off in the, in the middle of the afternoon. So this is... The, 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 the meaning here is, if you only had iman and taqwa, the benefit of your iman and taqwa would have kept coming back and coming back and coming back and coming back for you. And Allah didn't even mention here that it would come back to you in the next life. Which is Allah's way of saying it will happen in this life and in the next life. The people of taqwa, the people of iman, may Allah make us of them, they benefit of it in this life and in the next life. لَمَثُوبَةٌ مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ خَيْرٌ that special return on investment that keeps on coming, that is only from Allah and can only come from Allah, is better. Now here I want to give you a, a, a contrast. In the previous ayah, thank you so much, that's very kind of you. In the previous ayah, Allah Azza wa Jalla described that people who got involved in magic were not afraid of the fact that they will be burning in hell. مَالَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَاقِ He's not going to get anything in the afterlife. So they got involved in this stuff with no fear of consequences. In the next ayah, the ayah we just did, or we're going through, Allah actually claims these people have no fear of the afterlife, and they have no hopes either. Like they're not even hoping that they'll get some reward from Allah. They're not interested. Had they only had iman and taqwa, 
then the reward waiting for them with Allah is way better. From an Arabic point of view, from a linguistics point of view, it's very interesting that the words لَمَثُوبَةٌ مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ خَيْرٍ is what's called a jumla ismiya. It's a nominal sentence. And that's not normal to do as a jawab law. When you say, had I done this, this would have happened. That's how you talk in English, right? Had I done it, this would have happened. Had I left early, I would have been here earlier. Right? Like something like that, right? But Allah did not use the word would for the second part of the sentence. He used a statement of fact. Had they only had taqwa, Allah's reward is better anyway. Not Allah's reward would have been better, but Allah's reward is better. Allah's return is better. Like a statement of fact. And to help you understand this, I want to kind of help you imagine a scene. Imagine you're standing there and there are two doors in front of you. One of them is open and one of them is closed. The one that's open has enormous amounts of treasure inside. You could see it. You could see piles of money inside. The one that's closed, you don't know what's inside. And Allah is telling you, the one that's open is better for you. The one that's closed, it has nothing good in it for you. Now who's telling you this? Allah. This is guaranteed. He's already opened it and showed you this is better. Not this would be better, this might be better. If you open it, might, you might find Allah says, no, you can see it, it's better. Now the, these people had a choice. They will go with the word of Allah, or they'll go with the magic that may or may not work for them. It might work out, it might not work out. And Allah says in the previous ayah, You know, this, it, it couldn't benefit them. It could only harm, It could only harm them and not benefit them. And yet they still chose the wrong door. And that's why Allah says, what a tragedy. Law. Had they only had iman and taqwa. The, the door open right there was so much better for them. And that door is actually the Torah. For the Jews it was a Torah. For us it's the Quran. That's, that's what it is. If they only knew, had they only known. And this is a very interesting phrasing of the Quran about true knowledge. The, 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 the knowledge of this deen is at levels. You know, even people who are not basic, barely Muslim, they know about the afterlife. They know about the Qur'an. I actually just recently talked to somebody, this, they, they got into some family argument. There was some divorce in a family. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the woman that was divorced, she came to complain about the wrong that was done to her. And she spoke to her former father-in-law. And she says, all this time, I've been just trying to read the Qur'an and understand and I read this translation and I'd like you to look at it. Because what you guys are doing is against Qur'an. And the father-in-law just stared at her and said, I don't know what's in the Qur'an, but this is how we do things in our family. Just straight like... I mean, he knows that's Qur'an. He's a Muslim. But when it comes to our pride and our arrogance, then we, we don't care. So there's knowing and then there's knowing. I mean, this guy, you know, you have to say about a person like that, if they only knew. In other words, if they only knew the weight, the crime that they've committed by talking like this, that the angels are recording this about the word of Allah, that's coming out of their mouths. May Allah protect us from being that way. You know, Allah describes real knowledge as, أَمَّنْ هُوَ قَانِتٌ عَنَاءَ اللَّيْلِ سَاجِدًا وَقَائِمًا يَحْذَرُ الْآخِرَ وَيَرْجُ رَحْمَةَ رَبِّهِ قُلْ هَلْ يَسْتَوِ الَّذِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ as for the one on the one hand who stands in the middle of the night, makes sajda, is afraid of the afterlife, he stands and does sajda, he hopes that Allah will show him mercy. Can you see that the... Is it possible that the people who know and the people who don't know could be equal? In this ayah, what is knowledge? 
Knowledge is fearing Allah, making, standing in front of Allah, doing sajda, and being afraid of that one day that you're gonna stand before Him. That's knowledge. Information, you can have a lot of information. You could study tajweed and know like every qalqala and ghunna and idgham and you'd be perfect at it. That's a lot of information. But when that same person who's got the perfect recitation of Qur'an has no concept of the akhirah left in their heart, they don't have any knowledge. That's not knowledge at all. And that's how the Qur'an describes this phenomenon. And that's why other places in the Qur'an, people who become completely worldly, and they only think about what matters to their family right now, or their business right now, or their, their interests right now, their greed right now. Allah says about them, ذَلِكَ مَبْلَغُهُمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ وَلَمْ يُرِدْ إِلَّا الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا ذَلِكَ مَبْلَغُهُمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ They didn't want anything but this life, that's the extent of their knowledge. That's as far as their knowledge goes. You know? They don't care to think about anything beyond it. May Allah not make us from those people. Now, this was just Allah's way of saying, the tragedy is when Allah gives you His book, and you leave that book, you end up losing two valuable things, iman and taqwa. And when someone, and, and that by contrast is telling us that when you hold on to the book of Allah, the two things that you're holding on to are iman and taqwa. That's what you're holding on to when you hold on to Allah's book. May Allah make us of those who hold on to His book. Now the next ayah seems like a completely different subject, but it is actually connected. I'll roughly translate it for you first. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu la taqulu ra'ina wa those of you who believe, don't say ra'ina. The Arabic word is ra'ina. Let me translate that for you. Don't say, please extend us some courtesy. Kindly show us some courtesy. Instead say, wait for us. Or could you look towards us instead? And then he says, wasma'u and listen. وَلِلْكَافِرِينَ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ And for disbelievers, there is painful punishment. What is this ayah talking about? Let me paint a, a, a simple scene for you, so you appreciate what's being said. The Prophet ﷺ is giving a, a reminder. There's no microphones back then. So people further back, can they hear clearly or no? Not as clearly as the people in the front. Also, you and I know that when we're listening to something, we tend to zone out. Especially nowadays with the Mubarak phones that you have in your hand, you zone into a different universe, and then you come back. And then you travel spiritually, and then you come back again. Right? So, paying attention becomes difficult. You skip sentences. Like literally, when I'm listening to a lecture, even in the car. Right? I'm listening to a lecture in the car, and I get a text message. When I get that text message, the audio is still playing. And I pull over and check my text messages, by the way. Okay, so, while I'm checking the text message, am I paying attention to the lecture or no? So I miss like three or four sentences. So you know what I normally do? I rewind. and go back and listen to it again. Because I, I know I missed something. I can't afford to miss it. But the problem is, when you're, standing in the, when you're sitting in the company of Rasulullah there's no rewind button. There's no recordings and no podcast later on. It's not going to be on YouTube. You got to pay attention right then and there. So sometimes the Sahabi are listening carefully and they kind of miss something. Or they didn't get it. So they say, could you be a little courteous, could you kind of repeat that for me? Their way of saying it was ra'ina, show us some courtesy. Could you extend us an additional courtesy? Allah says, don't use that word. Don't say extend us courtesy. Instead say, unzurna. Instead say, look towards us or wait for us. Could you slow down a little bit? Can we slow down a little bit? Say that instead. Now it seems like it's almost the same thing. What's the big deal? Why even like make a distinction between those two things? Later on in the Qur'an, you'll find the following. مِنَ الَّذِينَ هَادُوا يُحَرِّفُونَ الْكَلِمَ عَمَّ وَاضِعِهِ Among the Jewish people, 
there are those who change the word from its original place and its original intent. Meaning they say a word, but they change the intention behind it, and they change the pronunciation of it sometimes too. And they say, we hear and we disobey. Even though you're supposed to say what? We hear and we obey. So we say, we hear we disobey. Hear me again. We hear and we obey. You see? Asayna. And then they say, Wasma, musma. And they say, please listen. I hope you lose the ability to get any audience. Wasma, musma. Please listen to us, and I hope nobody ever listens to you again. <laughs> they murmur that underneath. You know, like you, sometimes your children murmur back to you. Fatima, come over here. Coming, mom. <laughs> like that. that. You know, the undertone. And so, وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ قَالُوا سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا وَاسْمَعْ وَانظُرْنَا Had they only said, we hear and we obey and listen, and please listen and look towards us, لَكَانَ خَيْرًا لَهُمْ وَأَقْوَمْ It would have been better for them. Allah is here describing that they change and twist the pronunciations of words. The word that the, Allah told His Prophet, uh, or the Muslims not to say to the Prophet was ra'ina. That's the word, okay? Now the thing about ra'ina is it can be looked at a number of ways. The word ra'ina could actually come from the word ra'ana. And ra'ana in Arabic means stupid. Ra'ana means stupid. So if you mean it in the, if you intend ra'inan, then actually you're calling the Prophet ﷺ a bad word. You understand? And when the, they, ra'ina, what I told you originally, what does it mean? Please show us some courtesy. But you change, sometimes it happens in English too, right? You change one letter in the spelling or make something a little long or a little short, totally different word. Ah, sugar. You know? And so, and you sometimes you just say the first few letters and you're like, excuse me, no, 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 I was just gonna say sugar. What are you talking about? You know, I have a, I have a sweet tooth. That's what I was referring to. So now... They say, ra'inan, possibly some of the Jews came in, munafiqun came in, and they used the same word, but they used it in what meaning? The bad word. I can't even say it, because it's referring to our Prophet Then there's another way, ra'ina could be pronounced ra'ina. And ra'i is actually the guy who herds the goats. So when you say ra'ina, you're saying our goat herder. Which is, we don't have goats nowadays, so it's hard to relate to. But you could say our janitor, our serviceman, our garbage truck driver, our, like... The are nobody. Are nobody. Even though the original meaning was, please show us some courtesy. So they would twist these words and change them. Then, uh, um, in Hebrew, uh, they say ra'inu. That's an, actually a Hebrew word. And it actually means antadarruna wa shakawatuna. You are the cause of our ultimate pain. Our pain. You know, our nuisance. Our, our problem. Hey, our problem. Would you say, no, no, I just said, please show us some courtesy. I didn't say that, I just said, I said ra'ina, instead of ra'inu. In other words, the, the, the companions are using this word as a gesture of respect. But a little bit of a change, and it can be used as a very bad word. Yes. And a little bit of a change, it can be used as a very bad word. And so, avoid using that word, because it can be misused. Even if that word in and of itself is harmless, I'll, I'll end this by telling you just a little bit more. The word ra' in Hebrew means evil. So ra'ina also means our evil one. Like they could call the Prophet ﷺ evil by using this word. And finally, ra'ina in its actual meaning is also not good enough. 
Because when you say to the Prophet ﷺ, show us courtesy, what does that imply? That maybe he doesn't give them courtesy. Wait a second, the Prophet ﷺ not give courtesy? You can't even imply that Rasulullah ﷺ wouldn't be courteous. So don't say, please be courteous, because that sounds like you're not being courteous. The problem isn't with the Prophet, the problem is with you not listening carefully. Take the blame on yourself. Show some more respect to the Messenger of Allah. And then, when you say to someone, hey, treat me with respect, give me some courtesy. It's like you're saying you're my equal. يعني, فَكَانَ هَذَا مُوهِمًا لِلْمُسَاوَاتِ بَيْنَ الْمُخَاطِبَيْنِ This word indicates that the two people talking are equals. Like, hey man, show me some courtesy. You know, I need, we need to have mutual respect. It's almost like we, me and the Prophet are on the same level. You can't talk like that. Instead, use an alternative word after the salah. I'll tell you what the alternative word was that Allah recommended we use instead. And then we'll step back and say, well, we don't have this problem. We don't say ra'ina and we don't say undurna because we're not sitting in front of the Prophet We're not. So what does this mean for us? So we'll come back to that inshallah ta'ala after the prayer. Barakallahu li walakum. Our mission is to spread awareness of the message and divine beauty of the Qur'an across the world. Support our mission at www.bayina.org. That's B-A-Y-Y-I-N-A-H dot O-R-G.